Hello, welcome to the Work Alchemy podcast, conversations about impact, where entrepreneurs and leaders share how they have impact, the sweet moments, and the challenges. I'm your host, Ursula York. I help entrepreneurs grow successful businesses that make a difference in the world. Impact is more than mission, more than purpose, even more than your why. Impact is where you and your unique business meet the world and contribute to making it better for all of us. These stories are here to inspire and energize you so you can have your own unique impact. Today's guest on the podcast is Heath Armstrong. In under four years, Heath interviewed over 100 creative entrepreneurs around the world on habits that made them successful, quit his job, sold all of his belongings, and created an e-commerce business that has generated more than $2 million in sales to date. Before we begin, this podcast conversation is between adults and contains a little adult language, so if you have little ones near you, you might want to use your headphones. Welcome to the podcast, Heath. I'm delighted to have you here. I am unbelievably excited to finally connect. You have no idea. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Well, I'm looking forward to the conversation. I want to start, I'm going to just plunge right into the whole impact thing and ask you, what do you feel is the impact of the work that you're doing now? You know, I see a lot of issues in the world with, we've created these monstrous, um, really it's in advertising, it's in marketing. Like we've created so many things that knock people off their focus in just a couple seconds. Why are there not more things in the world that help you remind you of your magic and your focus in just a couple seconds? So I was somebody who worked in Kentucky in the concrete construction industry for a long time. And I noticed as I was trying to make my personal transformation that explaining things like affirmations or habits or visualization, like how to use a vision board. It wasn't really crossing over to the same language. Like there's a language barrier there to people that really couldn't understand what that was. And so Mm -hmm. I've learned through my impact to help people understand what these magical tools and things are in a new type of language. And it's really by making things that help remind people of their magic in just a couple seconds. Um, because through the, like for one instance, I make an affirmation deck that has done really well. And, and I didn't understand why that was going to happen. But as all these people start contacting me, women, oddly like baby boomer women are really dialed into visualization and what they want, like happiness, mm-hmm. freedom. And, and, I thought going into the stuff I was making, it was, oh, it's going to be kind of a millennial audience, but no, it hasn't been. It's been very mm-hmm. much women that are baby boomers and they've contacted me and been oh, like, interesting. yeah. And they, they've been like, I can't explain how grateful I am for the type of writing that you do because I can now take these tools that I've been trying to tell my husband about for 20 years and he's actually paying attention to them because you're doing things with humor and a little bit of profanity to help him understand it in his own (laughs) language. But then that deep thought sets in and he's like, Oh, and it only takes a couple seconds of his time to understand. And so he doesn't get distracted and it's been cool. So yeah, my impact has been in that, in that realm, really trying, it's been helping people understand these, these types of powerful tools that they necessarily wouldn't have been able to before in their own language. Mm. Yeah, I noticed that you use a lot of humor and irreverent language as part of your your Rage Create brand. And um, I, I wanted to ask you what you see as the value of that. Well, I mean, you've given a really great example here of people 
being able who maybe aren't into the kind of more for lack of a better word sort of spiritual languaging it's a quick access to that those ways of being and that those concepts that uh kind of transcend um you know whatever your background is is that fair to say and do you see other 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 reasons that you take that approach yeah it's it's gritty it sticks i think in a world i mean woo isn't for everyone but i'm the type of person that 10 years ago 5 years ago really i was still just starting to learn i would see somebody meditating at like a music festival and i would laugh and i'd be like that's ridiculous you know and now i spend like probably at least an hour a day in meditation and i understand that that tool is something that is directly related to internal happiness which reflects into the external world and i couldn't understand when I was explaining these things to people, why they wouldn't listen when I'm trying to explain woo things. And as I started putting it into languages with some zest, like it's kind of like a bat, you know, you get hit with it and you laugh and you hear the profanity, but then there's something really deep in these messages as well that comes out. Like I think using profanity needs to be limited, but if you're using it in a way where, I mean, I've seen some of these spiritual like affirmation, new age millennial accounts post memes that are like dropping the f-bomb every single sentence and i don't like it i'm like that doesn't because it doesn't it doesn't give room or space for the deep message to actually set in i like to trickle them in and i've seen people really pay attention to it like it's it's almost like they have been so flooded with woo-woo type visualization or affirmation techniques that they become numb to them but then if you spice it up a little bit they pay a little bit of attention then they catch the deep message and it works um, it's, it's, well, it gets people's attention. It's, it's, I think some, in some ways talking about spiritual things in that sort of all is well, and the, you know, sort of <laughs> musical voice and, you know, it, 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 it's kind of puts you to sleep at times, whereas your language is very stark. Yeah. I try to write like I talk and I really try to honor the shadow side of ourselves because we can't ignore it. You know, there's a balance in the universe of everything and the shadow is just as important as, as the, the light fluffy side. And so mixing the two together, I think is what actually can make this combination that goes in and helps remove blockages that are in the body emotionally and actually help us move towards, uh, you know, a more in, in I don't want to say enlightened, but yeah, like a, a higher self path or a, a happier path. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm, I'm just to follow this thread of language. I, I noticed that um, you use a really interesting mix of language and, and I'm a big believer that language is important. So you use words like dominate and smash and weapon and <laughs> empire. And at the same time, you also use words like sweet and peaceful and gratitude, and they seem to be mutually exclusive. So, <laughs> you know, how, how do you reconcile those two? It kind of comes down to the company name too, Rage Create. People can look at the word rage and be like, that is terrible. Like that's a, that's a mean, angry word. But, you know, anger in itself, in the emotion can be used to do miraculous things. Like you can channel the energy that you get from being angry into some of the most beautiful, creative um, things that can, that can come into the world. And you see artists doing it all the time, although you might not hear them talk about it. But when we're creating like, 
these deep, dark emotions are what often trigger us to make these bright, beautiful creations that come out into the world. And I think it's important to honor that because everybody feels the dark side. Everybody feels these deep emotions. And when I mix the language of the two together, it really does go in and kind of merge with those cells on both sides. And, it, and I think it, I think it works. You know, people feel more related to it instead of just being like, am I the only one that feels depressed also? Am I the only one that feels sad also? Um, mm -hmm. When you put that rage behind it, it's like, you know what? I do have these powers also that if you look into the world and you see federal governments or, or armies or countries or, or whatever going out there and using, we're going to dominate this or we're going to destroy or rage this. What can we do within our energy to use that same tactic to destroy our resistance gremlins that are attacking us back or our procrastination that's trying to stop us from our dreams? Like there is a use for these types of emotions. And if we're using our anger to destroy the procrastination army that's coming at us, then it's beautiful. And, and the things that are created out of that become, become things that actually change the world. Well, I really like what you said about uh, being able to use that darker aspect in a way that's really, really positive. And um, yeah, I'd love to get into that more. I, I know that I, I wanted to, before we do that, just talk a little bit about your own journey. And you, you said, you said that you quit your job, you sold everything after you learned <laughs> these habits for success. And I have a similar story in the sense of I, uh, 10 years ago, sold my house and most of what I owned and went on the road for a year. And I know you, you do some, um, your location independent to a large degree as well. So I'd love to explore that journey with you. How, how, how did that all evolve? <laughs> yeah. So I, I came kind of to the realization I was working in the concrete construction industry. And I had the job that everybody was like, Oh, this is a career job. I could like move up and take over for my boss and do this, you know, do this forever, but nothing was making me happy. And, and I was drinking a whole lot to try to numb the feelings that I was having. And the drinking wasn't because I was like, Oh, I'm an alcoholic, even though I look back and I definitely was, it was more so because I didn't have anything to occupy my creative mind. And so I would do it just to numb the, you know, the insecurity or the inconfidence that I wasn't actually living up to the potential that I thought I had. I've always had a huge heart and I knew that there was some sort of purpose with that, but working like starting out working in a factory where we're making containers that carry human feces underground, like for $13 an hour, I was doing that. And I was thinking like, well, how did I get here? And then four or five years later, you know, moving my way up in the industry and, and being out on job sites and working with people and watching all of these job sites just pour concrete over the most beautiful parts of the world. I was like, this is like almost like a cancer, you know, like we're, we're, we're chopping down this land and covering it with this pavement that's destroying and not letting any life come through. And it really drove me into this downward spiral. And there was a point where I woke up Faced, I, there was a couple times. One time I woke up face down, pants down in a bush. Another time I woke up face down in my garage uh, with the front, the door going into the garage open and my car was actually running in the front yard. And I had oh, wow. no recollection of the last 24 hours. I, I knew that I had gone 
to this Oktoberfest thing at like this church. And I don't know if I got drugged or if I just drank way too much or what, but I, I had, I had no idea. And it was scary. You know, my, I had these two dogs and they were staring at me like, what is wrong with you, dad? And I just, Hmm. I hit a rock bottom, you know, and I started thinking if, if you've been paying attention so little that you don't realize you have a job, you hate a relationship, you don't want a body you don't like, and you're addicted to a bunch of things to provide you a thrill so that you can forget about your lack of sustainable happiness. Well then, you know, you're pretty ripe for a sledgehammer to the face from the universe. And that can come in the form of a rock bottom moment or a warning or a transition. And all of these things really kind of build into opportunity. And I I thought then like, wow, this is, this is kind of miraculous. There's, there is this level that I've reached, but looking at it, it's like, what can I do to change? Where do I want to be? Who do I want to become? And do I have the grit to do it? And, and I really committed to myself and was like, I'm going to try. And I started looking at the type of life that I wanted. And it was like, wow, look at all these people that are traveling out of the country and doing things like I'd never been out of the country before. And these people are able to work from their computer and like move around. Like they're actually writing books and creating media that is awesome. And like, if there's people doing this, then why can't I learn to some degree how to start doing it on some sort of level? You don't have to think that you have to be the best at it, but how can I start? And the best thing I could come up with was, oh, like I can just ask people who are doing it, how they do it and try to apply those things to my life. And so I made a commitment to myself that I was going to start doing this. And I messaged this amazing woman named Amber Vilhauer. Her name was Amber Ludwig at the time. I had heard her on a podcast and her story sounded very similar in the beginning of her story to the position that I was currently in. And she had built out this whole like marketing company after that and like overcame her depression and was doing all these amazing things. And I was like, super introverted, super scared to reach out, but I did it. I sent her a Facebook message and she called me like the next day and, and she spent like 20 minutes just kind of explaining to me how, you know, how much potential I really did have. And it was the first time in my life that I felt like I had that support from anyone telling me I could do something different than what I was doing. And I realized Mm -hmm. like, you know, life isn't about what happens to you. It's not about the beauty that happens to you. And it's not about the bullshit that happens to you. Life is about how you choose to react when it happens. How am I going to react? You know, am I going to let the dark forces of resistance and stress and anxiety to continue to kidnap my motivation and leave me on the floor um, of these rock bottom moments or on the couch in the middle of an ice cream tub Netflix binge session every single night? Or am I going (laughs) to use them as, as motivation and fuel to move towards my visions and goals and my dreams? And And I made the decision to start making the progress. And she introduced me to two people. Might have heard of at least one of them. She introduced me to Hal Elrod, uh, The Miracle Mm -hmm. Morning. And he's unbelievable. And she introduced me to a guy named Paul Kemp, who was running a big podcast called The App Guy back then. And Hal is just like, I just learned a morning routine from him, which made all of the difference in the world, just waking up and starting your day in a specific manner. But then Paul for some reason was like, I like you and I want to teach you how to do podcast stuff. And it was like, how are these people so nice, you know? And so I, yeah, that's how I got started. I just, I started interviewing creative people all over the world and I learned what they were doing. I put them into 
uh, sort of a system of habits that I could absorb myself and I tested them and then I started making the progress to where yeah, I sold everything I had a couple years later. I created a business that I was able to quit my job and, and work for and I was able to work from anywhere uh, put it, all my belongings that I could fit that I thought of that, that were still of value in my car. And I moved across the country and I started traveling and it's been an unbelievable path of light since then. Mm, that's an amazing story. I, I, when you talk about these things that you've learned from various people like Hal El, Elrod and Paul Camp, what is it that you took away from those hundred over a hundred conversations with uh, creative entrepreneurs. What? How did that change you? Yes. So, you know, you attract who you are, and you affirm the life that you live. And it came down to this idea of creating habits that become the foundation for allowing you to understand that you do have the power, and that power starts with your ability to break your habit of hesitation, because. I always thought I needed more motivation. I needed to read this bigger book. I needed to do this thing. But in reality, we're all born with so much motivation. There's just all these layers in the world that we get born into that start stacking these thoughts and these principles on top of us saying, you need more motivation. You need to buy this product. You need to do this. But in reality, all we really need to do is break our habit of hesitation, is to think about what we want and work towards it in five seconds or less to make that decision to do that one thing that day that moves you in that direction. Um, there's a lot of different things I learned. And from the happiness standpoint, like the power of giving gifts has been one of the most effective for my mindset and, and for eliminating depression. And I put a lot of these habits into a system called the sweet ass journal to develop your happiness muscle in 100 days, where I combine so many of these things into a system of morning and evening routines that works you over a 100 day process to move towards the visions that you set over that 100 day system. But now that it's been a couple of years since I've even put that out, I'm looking back and thinking like the most simple stuff really comes down to how you're spending your moments and, and it's, what do you want? And are you going to take action to move towards that? Whether it's one phone call or whether it's sending one email or, or saying, I love you to your mom. Like there's so many different aspects, but they all come down to building up your internal self love, right? Like how much do you mm -hmm. love yourself? Are you working through the things that make you feel dark inside? And all of that, once it starts healing, it starts to reflect in the external world as well. Yeah, that's a really powerful way to, to look at it. And, um, you know, all of these things are really in the realm of self-love and caring for yourself, setting yourself up for a situation where you can bring your impact into the world, where you can feel good about yourself as a, you know, as a really solid foundational starting point and then be able to do things and bring things into the world with your creativity and your action. and and. Uh, be able to bring something that's a contribution. Yeah, that's how I that's how I think of impact. Yeah. I mean, you're, you you know, you cannot become your highest self and accomplish your highest vibrations or dreams or visions by being who you've always been and doing what you've always done. And I I like to imagine and for people that are amazing, magical fairies and wizards and aliens that are listening, like imagine how good it feels <laughs> to make a transformation that allows you to conquer your fear and your stress and your resistance in each moment. Like you stop 
existing like a hermit in a shell and you start thriving like a maniac banshee doing backflips through the treetops of resistance. You stop conforming to the life that everyone wants you to live and you start creating the life that you were born to create. And you deserve to embody and lead the best life ever. And you deserve to experience every bit of magic that this world has to offer. Are you willing to make the action every single day to move in that direction? And it's really not difficult once you tune into the thought, like, actually, yeah, I can do this. Like, I do commit. You can lead the horse to the water, but you can't make him drink. But internally, it's like you commit and that's all you talk about and you shape your mantras around it and you shape your daily actions around it and you talk to people about who you are and what you want to become. The universe conspires with you and starts putting opportunity in front of your face and everything starts to unfold. I know you talk a lot about action in the work that you do. And I, I think that action is really positive, but it has to be based on something. So um, what do you think of the upsides and downsides of action? Because we can sometimes just plunge into something and it doesn't necessarily take you where you want to go. <laughs> yeah. It comes down to if your intention is aligned with your attention, because if you have an intention and it's great, but you're paying attention to other things, then you're never going to move in that direction. If you're paying attention, but your intention isn't in alignment with the, who you want to become, then you're paying attention to the wrong things. So when you take action, it, it, it comes down to being very specific on what type of action you're going to take. And for me, I have this whole system and it's, it's actually quite simple in its core, but I have my core values, like I write out my vision of what are my core values as a human? Like, who do I want to be? What do I want to become? And underneath that, I have a mantra that I use that basically ties in emotion and affirmations into the idea of my core values. And then mm. underneath, so like I talk, I, I talk about the core values as sort of like the, the prime creator view. Underneath the the mantra, which I would, honestly, I could, I would love to give an example of my mantra to give people an idea of what, yeah, please. of what I'm talking about. Um, sure. So, so for example, my mantra that is in alignment with my core values is I allow $6,000 per month to flow in and out of my life. And I'm so grateful for the support of this energy for myself and my family. I have made space for and release my debt as it no longer serves me. My heart is so full because I get to wake up every day and work from my outdoor playhouse slash office right next to my flourishing greenhouses and solar powered energy efficient home. You know, I melt when I look at my partner so intelligent and full of love as we creatively collaborate on projects to help others discover their unconditional love and purpose in this world. I feel fully charged and challenged and exploding with purpose. And as I look out on the farm, you know, my beautiful blue-eyed daughter runs barefoot through the farm fields with my puppy, Sachi Tananda, and they're both sort of just free range like the chickens. And my online business and writing career is thriving and I am so grateful for freedom and abundance, which allows us to basically travel and create from anywhere whenever we want, including inside of our camper van, next to a glorious waterfall inside the old growth forests. Um, we always have enough money to explore the world freely, expanding our culture and spirituality. And I am truly alive and full of unconditional love, 
truth, and serenity. As ye sow, so shall ye reap, and so it is. Aho, hokahe, the whole deal. So if you notice in that mantra, like I'm tying in visualizations and I'm tying in emotion. Sure. Because mm-hmm. most people, I think when you look at affirmation cards or affirmations in general, like you could say, I have unlimited abundance. And like, that's cool because it does trigger your mind subconsciously to move towards taking action in that direction. But when you tie emotion into stuff, that's what sticks. Like that's the fuel. When you really start visualizing and tying your emotions in, then you feel into it enough to where you wake up and you have that zest of using those shadow, you know, shadow emotions and those light emotions to work towards this common goal. And so the mantra aligns with the core values. My long-term goals align with both of them, right? Long-term goals are probably somewhere things that you have on your vision board that really can't be put into a finite time perspective yet. And then underneath them, I have short-term goals, which I, I measure in a, in a span of 100 days because 100 days is trackable by 1%. And so that's kind of the, we work on the short-term goals in my journaling systems um, but they're, they're sort of short-term bursts. Like what can we accomplish and bring to life within three months? That is an alignment right. with my long-term visions. That is an alignment with my core values. And then under the short-term goals comes two things. One, it's what are the two actions I'm going to take today that are in alignment with all of those? And what are the habits I can put into my life that fortify my ability to take these actions every day that are in alignment with my long-term, short-term and core values? So it, it seems like a lot, but when you really break it down on paper, it's not that complicated. It's very specific and it's very dialed in. And I think that's the difference is how specific can you be when you're doing these things? Well, and I, I think, you know, for the, the benefit of the folks listening, I think sometimes we can get caught up in this um, ungrounded imagining and your the way you're describing it is it's very specifically structured in a way to bring you to take action to do the things you need to do and it's obviously an approach that's worked for you you have a multi-million dollar business so it's a it's not a uh, it's not like you're just sitting in a cave somewhere and imagining things and, (laughs) and magically things happen this is all leading you to aligned action that brings you to um actually a highly successful business. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it's fair. I think internal reflection, again, it it goes out externally. And I wasn't, you know, I've been through a lot. Like I, you know, I was working for $13 an hour in, in these factories with a college degree and wondering what I was doing. And I've created businesses that have done millions of dollars in revenue and I've lost them too. And I've started new businesses and restructured purpose. And every single time when I make that upswing back to the top of the mountain, there's two things. Like I know, I know it's because of the experience and, and the, the hardships that I went through as to why I'm able to climb back up. But I also know that there's going to be a period where I come back down again. And so I don't try to get, I, I made the mistakes before. We're like, well, look at all this that's working. Look at all this that's working. And then you get complacent and then things crash and burn. But it's allowed me to, to reapproach what am I doing in this world? Are these businesses really helping the world? Um, does this amount of money really contribute to changing the world in a good place? Or is there something I can do that is more beneficial for the world? But even if it's less money for me, I can do it. And, and I think that that's important too. It's like the money isn't necessarily 
the prize, right? It's the happiness. It's the core. It's the purpose. And that can come from having absolutely nothing because I've done it both ways. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of contributing, I, there's something that um, I know you've been involved with, or at least I, I'm not sure if you're still doing this, but there's a nonprofit in Uganda that you've been, you were donating to through your podcast. Is that still a connection that you're working with or are there others? Yeah, I work with two amazing organizations. One is the Help International Nonprofit in Jinja, which is, well, it's really in Masese, which is a slum of Jinja in Uganda. The other one is the Ryan Banks Academy and that my friend Valerie started as Chicago's first inner city boarding school, which is an unbelievable, like watching her magic has been incredible, what she's been able to accomplish up there. She is an angel. You should talk to her as well. But so in mm-hmm. Uganda, I, yeah, by, I was always looking for what, what can I do to there's things that happen where like you learn so much by doing this type of work. And I met some people in these two professors actually from Columbia university at a winery in Walla Walla, Washington. And they were like, yeah, we're going to Africa because we set up an education program at the school and you know, you could come. And like, I think they say that a lot to people, but they don't expect them to be like, sure, I'll come. But I was like, I was like, yeah, I'll come. And like, then we ended up actually going, you know, and, it changed my life to, to extents I can't even explain. And there's a lot, there's a lot going on there. You know, this amazing retired Navy nurse started this, she sets up disaster relief programs around the world. And at one point she started something there in Jinja about 2011. And it was just a little orphanage to help a couple kids that were, you know, living on the streets because it's a big problem there. There's, there's a very big disconnect between, uh, you know, the fathers and mothers and the mothers are these just amazing beings who really take in all these kids, even if they're not their own and try, you know, it's a community based thing where every day you're working to find food to survive. And uh, she over the years has turned this little orphanage project into a school that actually has about 500 children coming in and getting an education that is just as good or probably better than the government educations. And it's grown to such an extent to where all these magical people from around the world are coming in and helping them. It's really about helping them learn how to to sustain these practices on their own, right? It's not about coming in and saying, Hey, this is how you do it. Call us if you need help. We don't want to nurture dependency at all. And, Mm -hmm. and, be a savior. Yeah, right. It's not, it's, they, they have all of the saving and the God inside of them. And it's unbelievable talking to these children and these teachers and you learn more than probably they learn when you're out there. Right. And, um, it's been a beautiful project and they've recently raised enough money to put up an entire new concrete school building. And I personally work with the sponsorship side. So I'm working on creating, um, new website platform where, children can get sponsored easier because when they get sponsored, they get, they get food for their family. They get a mattress, they get their tuition, they get their books, you know, all these amazing things just for a measly $30 a month from the U S side. And, um, I'm, I'm expanding that and just learning like, what else can I be of value and trying to connect people to come out there. And one amazing dude came out and helped them set up this big greenhouse. So now that they're growing their own food and they have a hydroponic like it's got catfish in it as well so they're able to harvest fish and cook it at the the school for the kids and it's it's really beautiful it's really beautiful and it's been 
it's been a hard project and it's been something that's been the transformation has it's unbelievable and it's hard to put into words yeah that's extraordinary is is that help as an h-e-l-p international yes we'll put it in the show Yeah, there's a couple of them that are uh, there's called similar things but i could we're we're working on transitioning the website there is i think a base website up right now and i can i can send that to you if you want to link to it yeah that would be great yeah, I'll include it in case people are interested in learning more. Yeah. Well, I yeah, I love hearing the that scope of your work and your you I mean the the caring and um, curiosity and interest in supporting kids in that environment is it really comes through when you talk about it. So a lot of compassion there that I'm hearing. Mm. I I wanted to to. Uh, you know, as we sort of get to the end of the interview, I did want to touch on um, your business itself. And um, you have a business partner in Rage Create, uh, Jason Berwick. And business partnerships are not always easy <laughs> and straightforward. And uh, how do you, how do the two of you make that work? <laughs> we <laughs> we are very free as is in we let each other do our things and we complement each other really well. I've had businesses in the past that I started with people that I've had to, I thought were good business ideas and models, but ended up having to shut down because partnerships are hard. Luckily with Jason, mm-hmm. we met through like a Twitter auto DM back in like 2013 and our bots that we were wow. using, like talk to each other. And then we ended up going <laughs> on a hike and, um, that is the first Twitter bot story of connection that I've ever heard. I know, That's right? Like, you never know how <laughs> the doors are going to open for you if you're paying attention. And we were both trying to transition out of our jobs. And he started doing e-commerce stuff, selling things on Amazon and other e-commerce marketplaces. And he was a big factor in teaching me some things that allowed me to build my first business in move away from my job. And we just, just built this really deep friendship. And yeah, we've had our, we've had our disagreements and we still do like, but I mainly take care of the creative out, you know, external side. And he does a lot of the systems behind the scenes and managing employees and stuff. And we both like that. Um, and it works really well, but you got to find, you don't really know going in, but like I did, I did know him and we had separate businesses and worked kind of within each other for four or five years before we actually made a business together. And I think that's important Hmm. because when you don't know someone, you really have no idea what direction it's going to go. But if you, if you know someone really well as a friend beforehand and like you get that honesty, that vibe, that feel for who they are as a person, you can make a better decision as to whether it's a good idea to move into a business or not with them. Yeah. And you can, you can value the relationship and that helps you move through some things too that are challenging. Yeah. We had so much personal support yeah. for each other, leaving our jobs and working through our first businesses that we created that I knew that it was right. You know, I knew one day we would probably end up doing something together and we have, and it's been, it's been really fun. Mm, that's great. Well, um, as a, as a last question, before we get to the rapid round, what, what do you see as your role in the future of your business moving forward? Ooh, mm. <laughs> I, I really want to create a, I want to, I, I, I'm like writing, I, I write all the time. And so I'm, I'm looking at how do I, 
how do I spread these little messages that we put on our affirmation cards out into the world in a more effective way? And I think that's coming mm-hmm. down to learning a lot about media and this whole process just kind of called infinite upcycle. So I'm a systems junkie too, but I'm looking at the role of like, how can I, how can I impact more people with these vibrant messages than I am right now? And what kind of work does that take? And I'm coming down to the idea of thoughts of like, wow, you know, every one of these cards has a message that can really be absorbed in 30 seconds. Can I take those messages and put them in the form of very short podcasts, very short videos with B-roll running over them that really hype people up with some music that kind of starts slow and gets really loud. And how can these constantly Mm -hmm. be circulated around the web and social media and emails to reach the most amount of people possible? Because with this deck, we really didn't do any marketing for it. It's spread completely Mm -hmm. by word of mouth. And that is an unbelievable thing to be a part of. And so now I'm- It's the holy grail. Right. (laughs) And so now my, my thought is like, okay, how can I insert my role into that and expand this if I am marketing it, if I am pushing it a little bit harder and what is that really going to do for, for the life of these decks? I just finished writing a new one. I'm really excited about um, that will be out in the next couple months, I hope. So mm, that's great. I look forward to seeing that. Yeah. 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 So, um, I always ask at the end of these interviews, three questions about impact. Um, are you game? Yeah, absolutely. So what, first one is what's the biggest thing you've learned about having impact? <laughs> Probably that unless you know how to impact yourself, you can't impact the world. And yeah, it, it's, it's how do you get emotions involved? How do you hold space and break, break down these, these walls that we're holding internally, whether you're doing it on yourself or you're helping other people, like not trying to tell someone how they should do it or what they should be thinking or the next move they should make, but giving them the comfortableness and the support just by being around them and, and, and being of care and letting them trust you in, in that unconditional truth to where they have their own process of breaking down those tough emotions and finding their own path. Um, I've noticed that in my journey, like there's been key people that have come into my life that just by being there and being as truthful in their own self as they can, it has allowed me to kind of break down and have these sessions where I cry or I laugh or I get really upset or angry and it, and it just flushes out all of these blockages that, and traumas that have been in my body um, from who knows when and allowed me to open up and discover my own path. So I think by being the most impactful person you can be for yourself, that actually allows you to be the most impactful person you can be for other people. Mm, yeah, that's great. So true. Well, the second rapid round question is, what's the one thing you've consistently done that's contributed to your success and impact the most? I get a note card out every morning. I write the date. I write the date of the 100-day short-term burst that I'm working towards, the vision. Um, Mm -hmm. whether that be, I have, and I do it in present tense. Like I have completed my rough draft for this book and I write an affirmation that is in alignment with that vision that has emotion included. And I say my mantra and then I flip the card over and I write the two things I'm going to do that day that moves me towards that. And I do those two things before Mm -hmm. I do anything else. 
that's great. Such clarity and kind of get really focused quickly. Yeah. Well, the last, uh, the last question in the rapid round is what's one piece of advice or an insight you'd share with another business owner who's asking themselves, how can I have more impact? How can I positively affect my environment and the world? <laughs> this is going to sound funny, but the best advice I think that I've been able to take is stop trying to figure it out because we try so hard and we look and we look and we look and we try. But when you stop trying, things naturally start to pop up. It's more about sitting in awareness and, and thinking like, I know where this place I want to go universe, please help show me the people and the opportunities and the ways. And I've found that by not trying so hard to figure things out, I've been able to figure so much more out than when I used to try constantly. And so it's mm -hmm. like, you know, don't, don't listen at all to what people are telling you you should do. Go outside and lose yourself in the world and don't just read between the lines, but erase the lines, like rip the cover off the book, follow the purple brick road, mm. play duck, duck, moose instead of duck, duck, goose. Eat, you know, eat your salad <laughs> with a spoon, go outside and get crazy and, and howl at the moon and say, I love you more and surrender to love too and forgive everyone for everything. And that starts with you. And slow down and enjoy something beautiful, starting with that beautiful something in the mirror. Because you know what, Ursula, it's all, it's all laughs and love, right? It's all truth, no doubt. If we inhale that white light, we can blow those boogie monsters out. And if we become the sun, we bypass the clouds. And if we flow like the ocean, we wash out the droughts. So we have to just really stop trying so hard to figure things out. Because, you know, what if the hokey pokey really is what it's all about? <laughs> never know well that's a great way great way to end the conversation and he thank you so much for joining us today i, I love your humor and the uh, unique perspective that you you bring in uh building your business and really conducting your life so thank you for sharing the the inner workings of that and and your um thoughts around how to do that today oh i am so grateful to be here and i will say matiosh and Thank you so much. Thank you so, so deeply much. Yeah, it's my pleasure. If people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach you? Instagram's really, Instagram or Facebook at Heath Fist Pumps. I'm mainly, Instagram is probably the fastest. It's really the only one I pay attention to. Um, HeathArmstrong.com, RageCreate.com or SweetAssJournal.com. All of them sort of lead you to me. Uh, and that's, that'd be the best. Okay, great. Well, thank you again, Heath, and thank you for the work you're doing in the world. Oh, yes. Thank you to everyone who's doing this work and anyone who doesn't think they are, you are in your own way and you're going to get there. Just keep believing and keep moving towards it. Mm, thank you for that. And uh, just as an, uh, uh, something to keep an eye out for, Heath has generously offered uh, two of his card decks. And so keep uh, keep your eyes open for social media post about that and I'll uh, give you an opportunity to win one of those. Yes. Yes. Sending decks out <laughs> to the universe. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Thank you for joining me. If you want to discover more about your impact, you can schedule a business impact assessment with me. That's 75 minutes of focus on your and your company's impact and how you can increase it. Just email me at Ursula at workalchemy.com 
to schedule your business impact assessment. It's my gift to you. Join us for more episodes. Subscribe to the Work Alchemy podcast on your favorite podcast app or on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, so you'll know as soon as new episodes are available. You can even help spread the word. Rate and review it on Apple Podcasts if you like what you've heard. Thanks for listening. Until next time, for ongoing support so you can have your own impact, join our community of leaders like you by liking the Work Alchemy Facebook page.